Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Illegal Pete's has nine locations in Colorado and has even expanded into Arizona. Illegal Pete's is a proud Colorado business and serves the most delicious mission-style burritos you'll ever taste. You can show your ticket from any event here in Colorado, be it a concert, a sporting event, or anything in between the same day that you went at an Illegal Pete's, and they will get you a free draft beer or free margarita with a purchase of an entree. So, yeah, it's kind of a great deal. And they also have an amazing catering setup if you're looking for someone to cater an event of your own as well. Would highly recommend them. And really, they're just awesome, delicious burritos. Could not recommend them enough. Just be sure to get in on that free beer with a ticket to any event here in Colorado. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. Shoots and scars! Nathan McKinnon! Call JT Comfer! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog! Collective hugs! 29 and 92! Save me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso! This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious! <laughs> Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have two convenient Colorado locations, one in Centennial and one in Highlands Ranch, and have over a thousand different varieties of beer for you to try. They even do taste tests on the weekends as well to get an experience of new beers without having to actually pay for them. Highly recommend you check that out. It's a great way to try something new, and you can go online or use their app to reserve products, purchase them, and even get them delivered to your front door. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We are here to talk about, firstly, the Avs' overtime loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and later on in the show, we'll probably get into all of this trade action that has been going down of late, but let's start with the game. AJ, to me, that was just a fantastic hockey game all the way around Obviously, there's the disaster of Miko Rantanen getting hurt. But if you put that in a box for a second, that was fun hockey. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we can it's, we can. Let... <laughs> it's. I I wish I could I wish I could separate them because uh, I left last night and I called my fiance on my way home and she said, "Well, how was work?" And I said, "How do you think work was? It was the best hockey game I've watched all year." Yep. Like that was a fantastic hockey game. It was incredibly fun. It was fast. It was high skill. It was great goaltending. It was good defense, great decision making. Both teams walking a very thin line between catastrophe and highlights. You know, like it was 
It was really entertaining. And then they started hitting each other. And it was like, God, couldn't you just imagine this as a playoff series? Like, yep. You want to, oh my God. And like, you want to try and grow the game. You want to try and sell the game of hockey to, to people like Drew Creaseman, who are brand new getting into it. Dude. That's going to sell it way more than some sludgy outdoor hockey. Right. I mean, that you're way. talking about putting them on national television and filling bars full of people to watch these two teams just back and forth and up and down and just bringing out the best in each other. It was, it was such a fun game to watch. And then, uh. <laughs> yeah, Miko gets hurt in the second period. The Avs ultimately come up a little bit short. Look, I have no problem with the Avs getting one point out of that game, but it definitely hurts a little bit when Tampa Bay's backup essentially just beat out the Avs backup. Which, <laughs> whatever. You're talking about a battle of the backups, man. I I think that we should probably park any any illusions about Pavel Francouz as a as a starting caliber goaltender. Uh, every time that he started to to push his way to getting an opportunity for it, he has not played well enough to hang on to it. Yeah, um, it's just reality there. I think it's yeah and. It's not, it's not saying he's a bad goaltender. It's not any of that. I think he's a solid NHL backup who could probably hang around in the league for the next several years doing his thing. Maybe even uh, in Colorado. I mean, yeah, no reason not. But I'm part of last night's losses on him. I'm not. Uh, I'm not worried about the first goal. There's nothing he can do. Um, I'm not worried about the fourth goal. Nikita Kucherov on a breakaway might be the best guy in the entire world on a breakaway. I'm I'm not making too much of that. The other two goals are unacceptable. Yeah, the, I still think the second goal might have been tipped, I and that would make it understandable. But if it wasn't, that just cannot go in the net. I didn't. I watched it 400 times. I didn't see a tip. I. For me, I just I just didn't see it, man. And from that cleanly, that little of traffic in front of him, I God. Yeah, you gotta make that save. And then the third goal obviously just can't happen. I the altitude broadcast, you know, was like, look, Sidorov got caught behind the net or whatever. Uh, sure, but that puck was underneath Fransos and he couldn't freeze it. Right. What the I mean, and what are you doing? I just, ah, I'm, that was frustrating. That's a free goal against, against a team that absolutely doesn't need your help. Right. They will punish you every chance they get. So it's, and that's a huge difference in the game. It's a two, one game. The Evs are right there, one goal away. And then that stretches it to two. And it takes a, a Herculean effort from Nathan McKinnon to get the game back to within one before the end of the second period. Yeah. So it really changed the feel of the game around it. And and obviously the game went on to be great, but those are the type of things that you look at and you go, the Avs could have won this game. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, you can, 
it it felt it's funny because it was a come from behind game, but it it almost felt like a game that they sort of let slip away. Right. They, I mean, they had the lead in the first period. Well, and more than that, man, a tie game third period, five or so minutes to go. Tyson Joe straws a penalty. Yep. A pissed off, physically engaged, playing with anger, Tyson Jost, mind you. Which I would if he if he wanted to play that way every night, there wouldn't be an abs fan out there who had a problem with him. Um draws that penalty, you go on the power play, you got a cash. I I didn't have a problem with the power play last night. I didn't think it was terrible. I, I, it, I it wasn't like a one of those frustrating nights where you're like, God, this this unit just let them down so badly. It wasn't it wasn't one of those kinds of nights for me. Um but you got it's a catch that, there. Right. It's the recurring theme that the Evs have had with their power play this year of it's not getting them the big goal. They're scoring on it sometimes, but it's not giving them the game winner. It's not giving them the goal that puts them up by two with five minutes left in the game. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe part of that is Nico Rantanen wasn't part of that power play in the third period. As it was just kind of a, a perfect storm in the second where Tampa scores two quick goals. Miko goes down, crashes into the end boards, gets hurt, and then Tampa adds on a third. Those 10-minute stretches where everything just tailspins out of control are, are killing this team at times. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, that's not a unique thing. Like, every he, team has right. stretches like, like that. Think, think about all the times that the abs have put together a 10, a 10 minute stretch right. where they drop three on somebody and that's where they win the game. You know, like that's what good teams do. They put together those stretches where they put teams away. Uh, and that's, that's where Colorado has struggled a little bit. And had that been the end result of those 10 minutes and the abs lost the game? Well, disappointing, but okay. Losing Miko Rantanen for what sounds like a significant amount of time, that's a problem. You know, um, last night, uh, you know, I know everybody's piling on data right now. Um, but last night, he and I got sent that same information. And uh, today, it sounds like there was a lot more optimism uh, about it. I think it's more of a joint sprain than... Um, anything broken is it confirmed that there's no broken bones at this point um i don't want to say confirmed but i I believe that would be accurate i would say given from what i got today the answer would be he does not have anything broken okay and that he's probably more in the four week range which is then the huge help to the abs then the six to eight week range where you were talking about the rest of the regular season. Right. And, you know, assuming Kadri has that high ankle sprain, he's probably about the same timeline, maybe a little bit earlier. Well, and you consider that that's uh, four to six weeks and that that started nine days ago. Almost two weeks ago now. Yeah. Yeah. Nine days ago, then you're already down into the, you know, his current right now would be uh, three to five weeks. So you can get Kadri back. By mid-March. Yeah, mid-March is the hope for Kadri, yeah. And I think that that's probably the goal for Miko as well. Uh, and then uh, Calvert, 
still to be determined. And it sounds like there's more optimism about group hour as well. So that's, uh, that's good news. I mean, this went from teetering on the edge of a total disaster, uh, to, uh, they might be okay. So certainly you never want this many injuries, but the sound of them all being less severe than initially thought is, is a step in the right direction and, and maybe some cause to take a breath for the abs and the fan base as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Real quick before we get out of this first period, Martin Kaut got the call. I think both of us are pretty happy about that. I sounds like he will at least get into a game or two here coming up, which is I'm all for it. Yeah, I couldn't on a personal level. I, I'm I have never uh, been shy about the fact that I am a big Martin Kaut the person fan. Um. And just getting, seeing him experience the success and getting this opportunity when none of us thought he was going to, um, because just because of the organization that he's in, um, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I, I hope he goes out and I hope he, I hope he crushes. I hope he plays great. I hope I, he won't like, like, I don't expect it to be like, woo. You know he's getting eight minutes of invisible ice time. And, right. And, like, I would love it if it was more like 12. And I just I just want him to show who he is. Don't the be thing nervous. Is, just, go yeah. be, just go be Martin Kaut, and he'll be effective. And he will, he will prove immediately that he belongs. Right. I, the good news is that eight-minute do-nothing-wrong type of, of role that he's likely to get, he will be very, very good at. He should so, be very comfortable. Yeah, so I'm not worried about him at all. I think this is perfect. I think it works out really well for him because they could likely get him a handful of games and still have his contract slide like they want to. Just a lot of lot of positives to this for me. So yeah. on that note, we'll get out of the first period here on, on a good note and let you guys know about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. I've told you about all of their beers by now at this point i have to think and if you want a specific one you can find it on their beer locator online at their website they'll tell you where to go to go pick it up whether it be the colorado core the strawberry sky or just a plain old avalanche amber ale be sure to check that out give them a try you know head down down to davidson's i'm sure they have more than just a few you know most places they got a couple in davidson's has just about every flavor you can imagine if you're here in Colorado. So yeah, yeah just be sure to check them out. Um, we'll be drinking it at our next watch party, which is coming up here on Saturday where the abs will get a chance to have revenge against the Kings. So maybe some, some victory beers are in order late night on that one as it is a late game, but yeah, come on out and RSVP and have a good time and all that. And we will be back in a second, second period of the DNVR avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's beer, wine and spirits with Ruto and AJ on our last show. We talked about the whole Blake Coleman situation that went down over the <laughs> weekend slash on Monday. Uh, since then things have kind of taken off in the NHL as far as trades are concerned. Vancouver went out and acquired Tyler Toffoli. The Rangers got Julian Gauthier for reasons. Uh, Dylan DeMello went over to Winnipeg from Ottawa. 
the Capitals went out and got Brendan Dillon. And finally, the St. Louis Blues got Marco Scandella from the Canadians. So a whole lot of moving and shaking here a, a bit early in trade deadline week, I guess you could call it. Yeah, I was making the joke while we were att- uh, attempting to record TDSP today that it felt like GMs just forgot the deadline was next week. Yep. It, uh, they thought it was today or something because they were willing to move on things and get stuff done. I think a lot of the trades were a bit more on price for what I expected. We talked about the Blake Coleman move ended up being very, very expensive on Tampa's end. I think that the Blake Coleman move, just to touch on this real quick, is very expensive because Coleman's contract being as cheap as it is, is more valuable to Tampa than it is to other teams. Yeah. So Tampa was more willing to give up bigger assets because they know these next two years is going to be as good a chance as they're going to have. Right. And <clears throat> getting Coleman for that time in, in for such a cheap price and for such an effective two-way player, they have to get maximum efficiency. And there isn't maybe a better... There, there are very few better contracts in the NHL uh, than... Blake Coleman at, at 1.8 million. Like there are better values. Like Nathan McKinnon obviously is an MVP candidate for 6 million, but like Blake Coleman at 1.8, he's got to be one of the best value buys for under $2 million in the entire NHL. And he's signed through next season. So that price isn't really indicative of the market so much as it was Tampa's willingness to go huge because of the situation that they're in and because that they absolutely have to maximize every dollar. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And so you kind of put that one in a vacuum. And then the very next day, I think you see Vancouver kind of go back into what we expected the relative markets to be and getting Tyler Toffoli for Tim Schaller, which is essentially just an NHL warm body, a quality yeah. prospect and Tyler and NHL player. Sure. A, a bottom line type guy, yeah. a quality prospect in Tyler Madden, and then a second round draft pick as well as a, a conditional fourth rounder as well. If he gets re-signed by Vancouver. Yep. And I thought that that was a very f- fair price for both teams. Tyler Madden is a good prospect, a quality prospect. Um, I don't believe that he is a very high end prospect. I don't know that we're looking at a top line player or anything that they gave up, but if, Certainly a guy that you feel has a very good chance to be in the NHL um, early on in his career and get an opportunity to prove himself. A good deal for both teams. You know, Toffoli gets to go help Vancouver make up for Brock Besser's injury issues now that he's out for the next eight weeks, which is the rest of the regular season. And uh, the the Kings get more assets. You know, they get a second round pick. They get a nice prospect. Uh, who they should consider signing now. Um, and then they get a potential fourth. And then, hey, Tim Schaller. Tim Schaller's like a nice bottom six player. They might be able to flip that guy for uh, another fourth or fifth round pick this next week. Yeah. I mean, get value where you can on, in that regard, right? Yeah. So I, there's always teams are always looking for a Tim Schaller type at the deadline. And he's solid. He's, he's fine as like a, as a, as a, depth guy that can do some things for you for some specific things. And he's relatively cheap. So 
you know, I like that deal for both teams, and I think that it's good value. Um, both teams got what they wanted. Yeah, I would, I would say that's fair. I certainly Vancouver in their immediate push, it, it's going to benefit more, and and the Kings a little bit of a slower path, but that's what they need, and and are basically beginning to sell off what assets they can. Um, the next trade is a kind of the weird one. Uh, the Rangers and Carolina essentially just swapped AHL prospects. Carolina couldn't find room to to fit. Uh, Joey Keen is that his name? No, yeah. they got Keen. Yeah, Joey Keen uh, for Julian Gautier. Yeah, they they the Hurricanes couldn't find room to fit Gautier in no. their NHL lineup. The Rangers can probably drop him in, maybe even right away. Uh, and then they pick up Joey Keen on the back end of it as a as a different AHL prospect on the D side, where maybe they can find room for him. Uh, what I think is that, what but... I think is interesting about Keen in Carolina is that there's been some talk of them moving on from guys like Hayden Flurry or Jake Bean, right? And... So kind of a replacement prospect almost, right? And it's sort of like a balancing their their AHL where they were they were very heavy on the forward prospects. Right. You know, just a couple of years ago, Julie Gautier, Nicola Waugh, and company. Um, the other guy who ended up out out west uh, that I really liked the goals. He he could score goals and couldn't do anything else. Um, I'm totally drawing a blank, but is like a depth guy for like the Kings now. Carolina has been slowly sort of balancing that that part of their organization as they right. Uh, as they had quite a few intriguing forwards who are now uh, topping out and, and they couldn't find room for, they couldn't or wouldn't find room for them uh, in the NHL. Potentially something the Avs could be looked to do in the future as they have a number of, of forward prospects that are interesting and, and the D is a little bit slimmer. Sure, they have Zaravalov mm-hmm. and Hellison. Byram is expected to graduate immediately, and and Timmons not much further after. So yeah, we should get into Byram today. We can we can get into Byram for sure. Uh, in a, in a second here, let's just wrap up these trades really quick. Uh, the Capitals get Brendan Dillon from San Jose for a second and a conditional third. Makes sense. Capitals obviously pushing for a cup. Sharks starting to sell as expected. Not a ton to that one. Uh, more affecting the abs is this blues trade of them picking up Marco Scandella for a second and a conditional fourth. So the blues bolstering a little bit as, as they prepare for this final stretch as well. Yeah, put him on the ice against Nathan McKinnon, I dare you. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Uh, McKinnon will have a good time if that's the case. So, Yeah, you'll be thinking he's been he spent all day drinking Breck Brews. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe McKinnon's drank a few too, just the right amount to make him angry and, and wanting to destroy Marco Scandella again. But <laughs> yeah, either way, uh, that's the one that the abs are going to have to go up against, and he is what he is. You know, he's going to be a, a probably bottom pairing defenseman on that team, maybe middle pair. Um, and I, the abs know how to handle him. They played against him in Minnesota for years. Nothing new. And he's only older now. Right. He's not getting any younger either. <laughs> so that is what it is. Uh, if you want to get into Byram, we can talk about him now. Uh, there should be a, a prospect piece that I have coming up 
probably tomorrow. I don't, I don't know when it'll go up, but either way, be, it will be tomorrow. I have it up literally in front of me right now. Nice. <laughs> nice. So there you go. You can see the rest of the prospects there, but Byram specifically has become an animal over the last month or so where everyone who wanted to see more offense out of them. Well, they've gotten it. Was it 19 points in the last eight games? Something like that. 18 or 19. Yeah. It's just, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he just flipped the switch and decided he wanted to play offense again and started destroying teams. So I've heard some interesting things about Byram today. uh, And which might have. Um, an impact on what they do at the deadline in that they might be preparing Byram to do what McCarr did last year. And step in in the playoffs. Yeah. And we we have sort of... <clears throat> we have sort of talked about Byram doing that for the Eagles. Right. As just sort of a more conventional wisdom type of path. I think that if this ends up being something they do, um, I'd be excited. But it would be extremely bold. And after all of the frustrations that we've had in the past with how they go about promoting prospects, it would be really weird to see them do it two years in a row in the postseason with defensemen. But if they make a move to get another veteran blue liner uh, at the deadline, we might be seeing some surprising usage here um, at the end of the year. It certainly would be tough. Who do you sit if you don't move out of defense? Is the question. Well, I think. I think if they, I I don't know how they would make it work if they don't move somebody out or even multiple of them out. Right. I, I don't know how it works. Um, the obvious candidate is is obvious is Zadorov for just because his contract and. The it's always has, been that type of situation. Exactly. And we've talked about this a lot on the show that the team has always just been lukewarm on a long-term commitment with him. And, uh, you know, with Byram, like that's an obvious spot. So it is. So, you know, that's, that's moving out one. And even then you're still talking about, bringing in Byram over a Connor Timmons over a, even a Barbario or a Callie Rosen, which I'm all for, but mm-hmm. it certainly, even in, in Kale McCarr's case last year, you know, they didn't bring him in and it worked out very, very conveniently for them that Sam Gerard got hurt the same day McCarr lost the NCAA championship. <laughs> yeah. But there it was no an easy drop in. Right. Exactly. There were no tough cuts right away. Yeah, give them um, a couple games first. Yeah, and that's one where I think you're probably I mean it's 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 cold, but you're probably looking at grapes. Yeah, I mean I don't see him sitting cold certainly. And... I'm also having a hard time believing that they would sit that guy uh in a playoff run given how well he's played in the role that he's played when, and while Graves has been a very legitimate revelation this year, much more up and down than Ian Cole. Yeah, 
I I'm with you on that. It's obviously they're not going to sit EJ or anything crazy. Yep. But I mean, this is all, you know, right. Speculative, right? Like his season has to end. We have to see what they do with the deadline. Just some, some interesting tidbits that I picked up today that I thought were interesting. Um, that maybe that's not off the table at least. Right. that, That they're at least considering it, that they've got an eye on that as part of the plan. And, when they, if they make a deadline move where they move a defenseman or two out, you know that might be something that um, we keep keep in. it on the radar. Certainly, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there you go. When the Avs blow up their defensive core at the deadline, you'll know <laughs> what's coming. <laughs> um, we're gonna go ahead and end this second period here because. We can only take so many trades and rumors in, in one segment. Let's face it. But you know what helps. I highly recommend on trade deadline day, you head on over to Bojo's and get yourself an amazing Colorado mountain pie. They're locally owned and just an awesome place to go visit. They have Breck Brew on tap as well. They also do $4 happy hours and even have private rooms if you want to host an event over there. And for the DNVR fam, they'll give you free honey cheese bread with the purchase of an entree. All you have to do is mention this ad they have stuff for everybody ali always gets the no cheese pizza which to me just looks kind of sad but unfortunately some people can't eat dairy products and they have you covered they have salad bar as well and they even deliver through doordash if you want to get it in your own home just remember to mention this ad to get the free honey cheese bread third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by davidson's with nathan rudolph and aj hayfley there have been a lot of trades so the abs have yet to be involved with one and just a reminder to everyone please send in all of your trades to the friday show so we can cover some of your trade wants trade needs trade interests here and go over what we think is reasonable or what we think is awesome. Whatever the, the thing is, you can email them in to AJ or I, AJ at the DNVR.com, Nathan Ruto at the DNVR.com, either way. And we will go over our favorites and best ones. This segment is probably going to be kind of about giving you a baseline for things that might be in the realm of reality. We've heard about a lot of things over the past month or two. Toffoli, obviously, off the board now. Chris Kreider still out there, something that uh, at least a month ago the Avs sounded like weren't willing to pay the price for. But a, a number of other things are, are starting to crop up as well by the sound of it. And I, I know you tweeted out a couple of names earlier today, AJ. So I imagine you want to get into those. I Yeah, I mean, you know, those ones are, are I imagine, the interesting ones, to say the least. Uh, yeah. So let's start with Kreider. Sure. I, I think Colorado really likes Chris Kreider. I don't think Chris Kreider would sign an extension in Colorado. And I don't know that Colorado wants to pay the extension that Kreider is looking for. Gotcha. And yeah, Kreider as a strictly rental wouldn't be great. In my opinion. I mean, really good player would help them. Blah, 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 blah. But you're knowing walking in that whatever you give up for him is gone. Right. And it's this year and that's it. Yep. And 
you're going to get 20 regular season games and whatever playoff run. Yep. That, I think, is a really big problem when it comes to the pursuit of Kreider. I would agree. I, I'm A lot of the, the targets I've been looking at around the deadline have some longevity in Colorado to them, or at least potential longevity. So if, if <laughs> Kreider's out on that, it it would be really hard for me to make it worth, especially at the prices that are getting thrown around for him. Yeah, definitely. Even if they matched the Toffoli price. Yeah. And they did something comparable, say a um, second Hellison and a second um Hel- I mean, even go sample Ranta, Drew Hellison. Sure. Whatever, yeah. Um Matt Nieto and the conditional fourth. Even yep. that. For twenty games of a guy just hurts tough. If yeah. you win the cup, you don't care. Right, of course. You do not care. But that's that's a big if. And if you don't, then you know you're cleaning you're cleaning out a significant chunk of value for ultimately nothing. Right. And that's that's just tough, man. Like that's it really the player is a great fit. Personality is a great fit. Exactly what they need. I mean, so many positive things to say about it. I just, if he, if, if they aren't comfortable, if they aren't confident that it could extend beyond this year, that's tough. That hurts. Yeah. Then I agree with you on that one. The next name on your list is Vlad Nemesnikov, who is also a UFA at the end of this year based on his contract. So, I mean, what what's going on there? Is there a potential extension if that's a move they want to make, or is that a rental? A guy that they've liked for a while and a guy that they chased hard at the deadline last year uh, when he was with the Rangers, and when they ultimately ended up with Broussard, it was because the Rangers were asking too much for Nemesnikov. And now pending UFA, has, he's had, hasn't had a great year. Price would probably be the same kind of price that they paid for Broussard last year. And to be honest with you, that's kind of a you-get-what-you-pay-for situation where you're probably getting a low-impact guy, uh, a lower-impact guy. You know, Do you get somebody that can improve your fourth-line center spot from the Tyson Jost Vlad Kamenev conversation, I think yes. Yeah, I mean that's a but you're mid maxing. You're doing a lot of hoping that he gets to the abs and being on a good team and is the player he was in Tampa Bay at that point. <clears throat> well, and then even then, I mean, even then, you're you're talking about. Okay, and then maybe you extend him, um, and then you know, is, is he part of your future? Really, like, is it? I don't. And he's just sort of an odd fit, where it's like the Avs don't really need to do this, right? And it, it's certainly if there's not a Tyson Joe's type going back the other way, it just clutters the bottom six even more. Yeah, right? Very true. It it really does. Uh, and then. Um, you also just consider that, like, of all the things that you're talking about, like trying to improve, what happens when the roster gets healthy? Like, right, you know, like, is is 
what do you do there with with you know Nemestikov is your four C, but like how much better are you really? And you know, have you learned nothing from the Derek Broussard thing? Where you you pay a low price, you get a low impact, and like you can always talk yourself into hopes and dreams of better things happening, but as we all know, the Val Nichushkin thing is very rare for a lot of reasons. Yes. <laughs> you know, there you know it's a one like, in ten or whatever, and, and you only get so many. Right. And Nemestikov is like he's had like a solid career. He's a he's an he's a decent player. But it's, I think this is more of them just continuing to chase a player that they've liked for a while. Sure. Vlad Nemesnikov isn't the type of player that's make or break a cup run. Definitely not. Um, You know, uh, (laughs) he has four points in 29 playoff games for the Lightning. Um, Yeah. So we're not, we're not talking, again, a lower impact guy here. This this is a solid player, uh, a good depth guy, a good like th- maybe twenty to thirty point guy in Colorado across a full season. Twenty seven years old, like he's okay, but <clears throat> it would just be it would feel more like making a move to make the move than uh, making a move to really take a step forward. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of feel the same way about Miles Wood, as as you just said about Nemesnikov. So Miles Wood, I think, is different. Um, Miles Wood, I think, basically just replaces Matt Nieto. Sure, um, and, and to he is three years left at two point seven five million for Wood, and he'll be an RFA at the end of that. So a lot more control for the yeah. Abs. It's two years after this one. Right, so expires um, in twenty twenty two. Right, so two years after this one, um, isn't a guy that you really are going to worry too much about in expansion. Uh, losing him, I it, it would be unlikely that he would be the target. But even if that happens, you kind of just shrug. Um, and then as just as a player, um. He's very fast. <laughs> He's a very, very fast skater. And so it's obvious that he would like fit in with that identity. Right. Um, and I say kind of a Nieto replacement because he's a little bit of a higher impact player than Matt Nieto. Um, he's got a little bit more finishing ability. Uh, and I don't but know if the he reality is, is he's going to be in the abs bottom six. Yeah, this is this is, again, a min maxing. Like if they were to go out and get Nemestikov and Wood. It would be like it would be very much like why you've now have eight, nine, ten bottom six players on the roster, right? And I'm you know Wood, I I like Wood. I think he's <laughs> phrasing. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say I like I I think he's he generates a lot of offense for a guy in the bottom six and he draws a bunch of penalties, but he's not good defensively. And like, this is not like Blake Coleman, you know, this is not like a analytics darling, you know, a guy with great underlying numbers. He's, he is. And at 24 years old, like he's like, you expect that he's like right in the heart of his prime, but he drives a lot of offense. And 
he gives up a lot of offense this year. He gives up a lot of offense. In previous years, he was a little bit more of a two-way guy. But, again, you're talking about just sort of a low, a lower impact kind of guy. I like, I like the fit. I like the idea of it. Uh, I think cost-controlled and, and signed for the next two years means you can plan around it a lot easier and they could, they could make things work. Fewer question marks about, okay, well, what's this contract or that contract, any of that. That's great, whatever. But <clears throat> he's just okay. Like, as an edge, just a, you're talking about a bottom six guy. It it is what it is. The one guy who uh, I mean would be a lot of fun to watch him next to Matt Calvert because they're both so fast. Just a total chaos line. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, I mean, if you could get if you could get a center, you know, have double shift McKinnon just for fun, just to watch him go, watch all three <laughs> of them just get up and down the ice really fast, drag like, race it out. <laughs> right, it would like that would be fun, you know. Sure, but have Bo and Byram flip the puck way up in the air and then have all three of them skate under it. Like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I, I saw Mighty Ducks. All right. Well, maybe. You never know. The trades haven't been made yet. But the last name you have <laughs> on this list is is one that certainly would be significantly higher impact in Thomas Tatar. Tomas Tatar, I suppose. Tomas. Yeah. I, those All those Eastern Bloc names I struggle with. Um, he was someone I was very high on last trade deadline. Someone I was interested in the Avs picking up. And honestly, I had been down on him quite a bit this year, despite a solid season. But obviously, we talked before the show, did a little research, and he's starting to look more interesting to me again. I had 53 points this season in 61 games, already a 20-goal scorer with Montreal. That's someone the Avs can drop into their top six and, and run with. <sighs> <laughs> this is a guy that I've got uh, my disdain for the Red Wings has got to shake that stink off him a little bit has colored my perception of him as a player. Um, I'm, I wasn't worried about the Vegas thing. This is a guy that has been a 50, uh, 50 ish point player. You know, he had the two seasons uh, in Detroit where he was, he was like, like 46 points or something. Yeah. 45 hard floor basically. Yeah. And then has been 50-point guy uh, since le- that, that one weird, disastrous year where he wasn't very good for Detroit, goes to Vegas, and was somehow even worse. And then they, they immediately moved on from him, and he's been very good in Montreal. I reached out to a couple of people that I know in Montreal, and they said, look, AJ, you're just wrong, man. He's a very good player. He works very hard. He's a good two-way player. And I said, okay, well, let's look into some of this a little bit more. You know, he's got a contract through next year at a cap hit of, I believe, 4.8, something like that. I have it right 5.3. 5. So it's got to be something's got to be retained somewhere sure. then. I mean, there's got to be something being retained somewhere. I just pulled it up and he has it at 4.8 at, um, on Montreal. So I wonder if yeah, Vegas is retaining. Some Vegas of it. probably retained like 20% or something. I don't know the specifics. Uh, yeah. Okay. They are. Okay. Great. So they are retaining some of that money. Anyway, um, not a huge deal like for, for Colorado, uh, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. They're retaining 500,000. 
any any contract that ends before they have to sign Landy and Makar, the price is essentially irrelevant. You're right. And you're talking about a 29-year-old who signed for next season um, and is uh, similar production to Chris Kreider, but has really good underlying uh, defensive numbers as well and drives a ton of play. A ton of play. I, I could post all of his shot charts and stuff and he's driven offense better in the last two seasons than at any other point in his career. And his defensive numbers are great as well. And I, he's more intriguing than I expected given a lifetime of just thinking that he was just the worst because he was a red wing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's important to understand your biases in life. Right, right. And <laughs> getting someone like that, getting someone with quality underlying metrics does become even more interesting with the knowledge of, look, Crud, uh, Kadri rather is out for the next month. You yeah. go out and get a Tatar and let him drive that second line in the meantime, and then Kadri comes back and he's still a quality goal scorer. He's still a guy that works in the defensive end. And, and now your top six is cooking a little bit. Yeah, and and this is a guy that you it does not solve your two C problem. It absolutely right. does not. But you drop him in next to Landeskog, or even you drop him on your first line now with Ranton and out, uh, and you drop him next to McKinnon and Burakovsky. Like whatever you would like to do, this is a legitimate top six player that you know even when you're healthy, you're not moving him around too much. You're finding a space for him. Yep. 100%. He, of the names you mentioned, I think he's the most intriguing just because I know the price is too high on Kreider. With Tatar, I don't know the price. That's the one big question. Um, I, I'm thinking uh, from what I, what I talked to today, uh, it sounds like it's um, in the range of Timmons and a first. Yeah, that's a conversation to have, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, we're starting to run a little long here, so I guess we can start to wrap things up, but maybe something to work off of for your trades that you're sending in there. AJ, final thoughts on any of this trade injury stuff, all that going on? It seems like we're just getting started, man. It seems like the NHL teams are not going to wait till next Monday, and next Monday is going to be a boring day for us because... They uh, they'll have already done whatever they, it is going right, to be over with. So yeah. Well, however it pans out, we will have you covered. I'm sure if the abs do anything big, there will be emergency videos and emergency pods made. So keep an eye out. You'll know DNVR has something coming whenever the abs do anything. On the, that note. We will get out of here and talk to y'all tomorrow. The Green Solution now has 18 Colorado locations, and it is the place to get anything and everything THC or CBD. You can download their app today or just go to mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase. And they have express checkout ready and waiting in their stores to get you in and out as fast as possible possible just remember to use that dnvr20 code to get 20 percent off your purchase dnvr avalanche with hey